0: Hi everyone, welcome to your Latina Hermana podcast, a safe space where my first Latina and Latino children can feel heard and supported, a community to empower and break generational cycles. My name is Leslie and I am your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. If you're new, welcome. Thank you so much for being patient with me. I spent all day editing an episode that was supposed to be releasing yesterday, but I felt it was just best to start over. So here I am today. I also wanted to say thank you so much for all the love and support that I've been receiving so far. We reached over 5,000 followers, you guys, on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the support, your messages, your comments. Thank you. You are the reason why I push myself and I hope we continue to heal, grow, and learn together. If you find today's topic helpful, please make sure to share this with anyone who you think may benefit from this. And please review, rate, and follow me if you don't already and share this message so we can continue to grow our community. So in today's episode, I will be talking about my experience growing up parentified as a first-generation Latina daughter of immigrant parents. Now this episode will be sibling focused, meaning I will be speaking more about my experience taking on the parental role to my younger siblings and how I've been navigating that aspect during my childhood all the way up to my adulthood and how I began to detach myself from the parental role and transition to be a sibling to one another instead of a caregiver. So before I get into my personal experience, I do want to cover some information that I found online through some articles that I've been reading. Like I mentioned before, growing up, I was never really aware about these forms of trauma and how they transpired from my childhood all the way up to my adulthood. So if you're currently navigating this part of your journey, or maybe you're not even aware that you've been parentified, or if you've been parentified, no worries, I got you. I'll be sharing information and I will leave all these resources linked in my show notes so you can refer back to them whenever you need them. And as I mentioned, I was never aware of the term parentification. I didn't even know what that meant and I didn't know there were different types of parentification. So here I'm gonna break down just some simple information that I found based on the term parentification. And it's basically when a child and a parent reverse roles and the child takes on parental roles to their parents or siblings or both. And a child can feel that by taking over these responsibilities, it's a way to maintain closeness to their parents I know for the longest time I did that subconsciously, so maybe you have as well. If you grew up in a Latino household or you're a child of immigrant parents, this is more common than not. And growing up, because it's so common to us, we don't think anything of it. We just think that that's how life is and that's how it's supposed to be, when in reality it is a form of childhood trauma and it seems normal to us because that's how we grew up and that's how our parents grew up. So because they lacked resources and coming to a new country, I can only imagine how difficult it was for them. So I give them grace for the efforts that they've made, but I also realized that from those efforts also came some trauma. And when my mom was sick, like I said, she had kidney disease, so she was constantly in and out of the hospital. And it was expected of me as a child to take on that parental role when my parent was absent. And as my mom got worse, I felt the pressure get heavier. I remember when my mother started getting worse, I was like in third grade. I remember my mother got me my first cell phone and I was so happy. Back then, them flip phones were the shit. And I had like this cute pink flip phone. And my friends were like, oh my god, you got a phone. I'm so jealous. But uh, little did they know that the reason why I had a phone to begin with was because my mother or my dad wanted me to stay in close contact just in case something happened. So although all my friends at school at the time were very happy for me and they were excited that I had a phone, in reality, I was sad as to the circumstances as to why I had a phone in the first place. So like I said, growing up, my mother was constantly in and out of the hospital And because she was always in and out of the hospital i had to wake up early in the mornings make myself breakfast make my brother breakfast take him to school and because i was in third grade i think at that time my brother was in first grade so we had two different schools it was a small town so the schools weren't that far apart and i remember getting my brother ready for school walking him to school and then walking myself to school so after school i would pick up my brother go to the hospital and at that time I think the nurses and they all knew us already I felt like a celebrity walking in there but we walked in there and I would stay with my mother and then from there we would wait like sometimes most of the time she'll be sleeping or they'll be like doing tests on her so we would do our homework in the waiting room while we waited for my father to come pick us up and when my dad would kind of pick us up he would stay a little bit with my mom and at that time he'll be like go get some chinos go get some food and so I will take my brother to get food around that area and then we'll go back to the hospital and then we'll take the bus home and growing up because my father worked a lot of the time because my mom was sick she stopped working so then he had to pick up extra shifts so we barely saw my dad growing up and through all that hardship I can really see that my brother and I really became inseparable. My relationship with my sibling is honestly the strongest relationship I have to this day in my life. And I am so happy for that because, I don't know, now that I can be siblings and just siblings with them, we can heal together, but we can also bond. And it's like having a best friend. It, it's He's literally my best friend. So growing up after my mom passed away, I soon realized that I had to step up to the plate and fulfill these adult responsibilities. And I would cook for my brothers, but I would never teach them how to cook. So if you're currently doing that for your siblings, I can say from personal experience that it also enables them to be, in a sense, a bit irresponsible. And I feel like cooking is an essential life skill that everyone should know. So if you find yourself getting overwhelmed or getting stressed because you're constantly cooking for your siblings, One thing that I wish I could have done differently is teach my brothers how to cook so then we can both do it together. And at the same time, they're learning new life skills and the pressure falls a little bit off of you. So looking back at retrospect, (laughs) there are some things that I wish I did differently, but at the same time, I'm kind to myself and I don't let that guilt trip me because for the longest time, I would guilt trip. And it's because of my upbringing, I, I really consumed myself as a parent. And I remember I would go to the grocery store by myself. I would do compra. So back before my mom passed away, she would actually walk me to school every day and ask me what I wanted to eat. And she would always make it. So I found myself doing the same thing with my brothers subconsciously. It's not something that I was like, oh, my mom used to do this. Let me do this. But it was something that I generally felt good when it would happen. So as I quote unquote raised my brothers, I used all the good things that make me feel good, and I did that with them. So, for example, with the cooking, I would ask them, "What do you guys want to eat today?" And whatever they asked, I would make it. And if I didn't know how to make it, I would learn how to make it. And aside from the cooking, I remember going to report card night. And at first, it would be to translate for my parents, but because when my mother passed away, my Father had to work a lot and ever since then he had to work all the time. So he was barely ever present. So I would be the one who would step up and I would actually go and take it upon myself to actually meet the teachers and ask them about his progress. And it'd be funny because back then the teachers would be like, Um, where are your parents? And I'm like, Oh well, they're working, so I'm here, but you can talk to me. (laughs) And I would act like a grown adult. So because of all those little things that I would do for my siblings. Time after time, it just kept reinforcing that parental role. And then I found myself getting harder on them with their studies, but also being attentive and encouraging to them. But I was kind of trying to figure out how to be a parent and taking on this parental role really focused my attention on my siblings because of the fact that my father had to work and his hands were full. So if you're the child of American parents or you come from a Latino household, you may be able to relate to this and let me know if it does. And while in the midst of this invisible trauma, there were some beliefs from there that really consumed me. And then I started getting a lot of pressure and fear if I'm not doing it right. And I always felt the pressure that if my siblings go down the wrong path or don't make the smartest choices, it was because of me. And that had to do a lot with also the influences that my father would put upon myself. He would always tell me things like, Tú tienes que ser el ejemplo para tus hermanos porque eres la mayor. And if you're an eldest child, shout out to you. And let me know if you can relate to this as well. I remember I had that pressure that I had to be the prime example for my siblings and that if they did something wrong, it came back to me. It came to me as to like, well, why aren't you teaching them better? Porque no les enseñas cosas buenas en vez de tus pendejadas? And there was just so much guilt and pressure put upon myself and meanwhile I was still trying to navigate life as is. So there was a lot of pressure from that and that alone started to build feelings of guilt. I became more stressed and as I got older I started to navigate new waters as well so I was trying to navigate my own life while teaching my siblings everything that I learned and everything that I did learn wasn't always correct. So then came the pressure of guilt of doing it right. And this is where I started to repeat some cycles. I remember I would yell at them sometimes and I would get so frustrated, I would hit them with a the chancla. <laughs> and if my if my brothers are hearing this, yo, I'm sorry <laughs> for all them chanclasos. but that's something that I learned from my parents. So I started to see these cycles being repeated, being reflected, and that's where I'm like, oh shit, okay, like I need to chill out because I do not wanna make the same mistakes that my parents did. And at that time, I didn't know any better. Like I said, because sometimes we're so normalized to our situation or to the way we deal with situations that we pick up these habits ourselves. And unless we take a step back to really analyze the situation and get more of a bird-eye perspective, we're never gonna realize that we've been parentified or that we're repeating the same cycles because we're not taking a step back. Sometimes we have to take that step back to look at the bigger picture. And it came to the point where my father would use me as a parenting source where he would come to me for advice on how to deal with my brother. So he'll be like, Le voy a decir a tu hermana que está haciendo esto el otro. And I'm like, damn bro, like I'm out here being more of a parent than you are. And like I said, most of it would be because of their circumstances. They had to work all the time. So I don't blame them for not being as present because they still put food on our table, but it did affect me. So I hear a lot of times people saying, well, we shouldn't feel this, or we should be still be grateful. We're not saying that we're not grateful, but that doesn't mean we don't get to point out our trauma and what happened to us because of our situation. So don't feel guilty if you feel guilty. And so as the years went by, believing that I had to be the caregiver for my siblings and acting on that parental role, it was just reinforcing that belief that it was my responsibility that it was on me if my brothers weren't successful. It was on me if my brothers made the wrong move. And this carried on through my adult life. And so I began to transition into adulthood. I realized that I had to grow into my own person. And with that came detaching myself from that parental role with my siblings. And it was extremely hard to do. This took years and to this day, I still battle with it from time to time. And now I'm at a place where I can have that bond with my siblings as siblings but deep inside I still and will still care for them as if they were my own. And if you're going through this right now, I I know it can sound discouraging hearing, this takes years or this takes a long time, but in reality it took long for me. It may not take that long for you. Everyone's on their own path, but overall it is something that you're trying to unlearn. So unlearning something that has been instilled with you for the longest time ever for literally your whole life it's hard it's hard to make a quick switch it's not possible to just flip the switch and not say you don't care oh boom i'm not the parent it's hard and it makes you feel so guilty like i said when i moved out i would cry and cry and cry like i was literally beating myself up about it and i remember growing up i would to me like the first sign that i took that i can't do this when i began to feel myself getting frustrated and overwhelmed and when you feel these emotions it's sort of an indicator that okay it's time to set boundaries because when you're starting to become aware that you yourself are getting frustrated for this role and it's too much to take in that's that's your sign that's your signal that's your body and your mind telling you like you need to relax you need to take a step back and get yourself together so if you feel that way you feel like you're in between feeling guilty for feeling this way but also wanting to have space and time for yourself and feeling that you don't want to take on this role it's time to start setting boundaries and this is where breaking generational cycles breaking generational trauma comes it starts with us it starts with us recognizing these patterns first of all And like that's why I went over what parentification is and how it shows up in us and what it makes us feel. And now that you're aware that this is an actual form of trauma, you can then start picking up yourself little by little. And many of you have asked me, how have you been able to slowly detach yourself from the parental role but still support your siblings? And i think that this is a very great question so there have been different things that i've done with my own personal experience it was a huge roller coaster because i didn't know how to set boundaries to them i didn't know how to navigate that so now that i'm looking back in retrospect i'm gonna give you some insights on what i did to distinguish my relationship with my brothers and slowly detach myself from that parental role where now we can just be siblings. And like I said, there are moments where I still care for them as a parent figure, but I learned to tone it down and I can still have a very strong relationship with them without that role. So some of the things that have helped me is one, acknowledge that it's not your responsibility for their well-being. And this is a very hard one, but if you're already feeling signs that you want to do things for yourself, but you're struggling to let go of that parental role, you're ready to acknowledge that it's not your responsibility for their well-being and you are only responsible for yourself. And yes, growing up, maybe it was hard and maybe it was different, right? We had to be that parent or that caregiver to our siblings, but If you're not in that fight or flight response or survival mode, then let them be responsible for themselves and you are only responsible for your well-being. You are not responsible for them or if they're going down the right path or not. You can always guide them, of course, but it does not fall on you. So by understanding that that role doesn't belong to you anymore, it will help you slowly mentally detach from the idea of it. Now, the second thing that has really helped me was setting boundaries with them. Know that you can still support your siblings, but you don't have to physically be there all the time. Because that can drain us from our time and our energy. And like I said before, you can't help someone else if you don't help yourself first. And this comes with setting healthy boundaries. And this can come in many forms. The way I approached it was having really honest conversation with my brothers I sat down with them and I talked to them we went on a little date we ate we had a good time and then I was like hey listen you know now that I moved out I am on my own and if you ever need something I'm here for you and whenever you need some place to come this home is your home too but I am also busy and I have a lot of things going on for myself as well so if I don't answer your call or I don't answer your message it doesn't mean that I don't wanna be there for you, it's just that I have other priorities as well. So if you can reach out to me, try figuring it out on your own. Sometimes it sounds very rough having these conversations, right? You feel guilty or you can feel like, well, I'm not being supportive if I say things like that, but you are because you're also letting them build resilience and letting them figure things out on their own as well. So I read this quote once where it was like, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. And I think this is such a great quote because it helps you realize that yes, although I may not be here all the time, or I can help you in X, Y, and Z, you can give them the resources so they can help themselves. By having this conversation, you also set it in stone with them as well for them to understand that it's not like you're coming from a bad place. You're coming from a place where you want to let them know ahead of time that Sometimes you're not going to be available and that's okay. You're human too. You have your own responsibilities. And as you go on this healing journey, you know that you need to prioritize yourself as well. So just set boundaries with them, have an honest conversation with them and take their concerns. If they have concerns, ask them, like, do you have any concerns? Do you have any fears or any questions that I can help you with now or help you prepare for them? And When you have these conversations with them, you can explain to them that you're working on yourself and there will be times where you can not attend to their every need, but you will be there whenever you can. And that looks different for everyone. So find time within your own schedule where you can talk to them or hang out with them. And also keep your mental health in mind when you schedule these things because you want to make sure that you're also not overwhelming yourself. Maybe you, you're stressed about your own personal things going on, so you don't want to bring that over with them as well. So that's why it's very important to find time within your own schedule and mental and find mental space where you can have the time to talk to them or hang out with them. There's different ways you can support them provide them proper resources guide them through a phone call show them basic life skills and when you set these boundaries with them that's where these conversations can come into play now let's say you're going through this whole transition and you still find yourself constantly worrying about them or you know feeling for them and wanting to be there at the time know that you can support them in different ways now, another thing that has helped me as well is having more sibling-like conversations and moments. I realized that I didn't know how to bond with them like a brother or like a sister. I was kind of like, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to act around them. I don't know if I should be mad because they are doing this or be playful and funny because of this. And it's it's so hard to navigate, but I think it's a little mix of both. I always try to guide them without making them feel judged or sometimes they do feel judged. Sometimes if I know that they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, I always tell them my opinion, but I always tell them in a way where my opinion doesn't mean that that's the right way or that's the answer. I just express to them how I feel just so they have an understanding of maybe I'm not doing the right thing or maybe I'm not heading towards the right path. And it goes vice versa. If they're doing something great or they're achieving in life, one of the things that I learned was instead of telling them I am proud of you, I tell them you should be very proud of yourself because I am it helps them build strong character because now they're realizing i am proud of myself instead of wanting a validation from you know us their siblings one of the most beautiful things that i found in this whole healing journey especially in having more of a sibling relationship with them it makes it more fun honestly it's been so much fun because yes i still worry about them but i also know that they're capable of handling themselves because i helped them and i did everything that i could to prepare them for that and I know that at the end of the day, if they decide to make a wrong move or a wrong decision, I know that it doesn't fall on me and I'm still there to support them, right? I can't navigate their life for them, but I am there for support. And I have more fun moments now that I see them more as my siblings because I know that I can also rely to them when I'm having an off day. And because I acted as a caregiver to them, I always held my emotions to myself because I was like, no, I have to be strong for them. But now I realize, well, we can be strong or weak together and I can be vulnerable with them because I don't longer put this pressure on myself that they can't see me for me or they can't know about my struggles because I might stress them out. At this point in time in their life and in mine, we are grown adults and we're learning to navigate this together. So like I said, These are just some things that helped me and I hope they help you. Please let me know if they did help you and, you know, message me. I love it when you guys send me messages. Sometimes I take long to reply, but that's because I like to take my time replying to to every one of you. So let me know if this helps and have fun with it. Literally, like when you start seeing your siblings as your siblings, you get to see them as this whole other person and you kind of get to see them unfold. And I think it's so beautiful. And you get to have fun moments with them so some of the things that you can do to have more sipping like conversations or moments is go do fun shit go to the movies go read a book go find hobbies or let's say you guys are different people fine try something that each and one of you like and you get to explore and learn and rediscover yourself together like i think this is a very exciting part of your journey yes at first it fucking sucks and it feels like you're abandoning your child because that's how I felt for the longest time. But look at me now. Like right now, I'm saying it's fun. It's relieving. It's honestly very relieving. So I'm going to leave it at this. I hope that you found some insight with today's episode. Please don't forget to message me. I love it when you guys message me. Please leave me a review. Subscribe. Please share this with anyone who you think may find this helpful. And let me know what you guys think. I'm very excited for you. I'm excited for you on this journey. I wish you the very best. I'm sending you a big hug and I will see you on my next episode. Here's to breaking generational cycles together.